Welcome to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Nicole Bernard, and I'll be your host. I've been a small business owner for over 12 years, and I know how hard it is to market your business effectively. With all the tools out there, it can be confusing, and with all the tasks of running a business, it can be hard to find the time. In this podcast, I'll cover best marketing practices, essential tips and tricks to grow your business, and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small businesses and entrepreneurs. Uh, This week, I'm really excited to have my guest on the show. Uh, She is the editor-in-chief and founder of Jennifer Magazine. Her name is Jennifer Cooper. So thank you so much for joining me. You are my first editor to be on the show. Ooh, that's like so cool. I'm very excited. What an honor. Uh, Yeah, I know. I I don't, you know, like, I don't know that people create magazines as much anymore. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, I can't wait to hear about it, but... But yeah, no, no, they don't. But we are all content creators, right? Yes. Yeah, totally. Um, well, yeah. Could you, you know, before we start diving into some zones of genius and about your entrepreneurial journey and stuff like that, like, did you always see yourself being, you know, an editor of your own magazine or how did you get to where you are today? Oh, boy. Okay. Um, <laughs> where do I begin? <laughs> so I always saw myself as a writer, um, even when I wasn't. Uh, you know, doing that professionally. Um, and I think I've always been one of those people that, um, I'm a bigger picture person. So when you're thinking about like what an editor in chief does, that's the person who kind of, um, you know, kind of develops the tone, the feel, the language of a magazine. And so, yeah, I, I, that is better suited for me and my gifts <laughs> than, um, than, than being a writer. Uh, but I, I love writing. Um, and, uh, you know, when I was a little kid, I would make newsletters for my family, have family news. And then I don't know, I guess at some point push came to shove and I was like, I'm going to go for this. So I don't know that I always saw myself as that, but, um, I always saw myself as a writer for sure. Yeah. And yeah, so what did you do before starting this business? Um, lots of things, like most of us. <laughs> and um, especially at, you know, not just this era, but at this age. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh got my degree in psychology. I used that for a number of years. Um, I worked with psychologists and uh then I had kids. And as you know, anybody who's listening who has kids knows that really changes things for you. And so, um, once I had them, I kind of built these businesses around having kids. So I had a toy company for a while. Um, and you know, that was wonderful. We sold worldwide. We had, um, celebrity clients, but it was so tough. Yeah. 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 So that was my first entrepreneurial gig. Um, and you know, it started me, my mom and my sister sitting around our, uh, dining room table, sewing things and shipping them out. Um, and it was, it was awesome, except it was also very stressful and expensive. And if any of you are like entrepreneurs and like are making products, you know, exactly how, uh, challenging that is. Um, so 
during that time, I always knew I needed an exit strategy. And that was about the time blogging really came into, you know, the era, the golden era of blogging. And so I created a family blog that would support it marketing wise. And um, eventually that became my job, you know, uh, having a blog and it provided a lot of opportunities. I worked with a lot of, you know, very well-known brands. I even became a video producer <laughs> during that time. And then the kids got older and then I just, um, I don't know. I, that, that's a real hard, that was a real hard pivot. Like when the kids got older and if you build something around, you know, an identity, like being a mom, mm -hmm. it's really hard to get out of. So I spent a couple of years doing, um, I built up a freelance business and, uh, writing. And so I did that for a long time and was a video producer, a podcast producer, kind of, you know, a Jane of all trades, if yeah. you will, when it comes to comms. And then, uh, I, I wanted to showcase my writing more and I wanted to showcase other people's writing more. Cause I knew what it was like to be a writer without, you know, people are having a platform. Yeah. So that's when I started Jennifer. I love it. And so what kind of content are like is in the magazine? Like what's the magazine about? Like, could you share it with everybody? Yeah. So it's named after me, <laughs> but <laughs> the reason I named it after me was because it really is, you know, Jennifer is such a ubiquitous name. Everybody has like a thousand Jennifers that they know, right? Jen's, Jenny's, mm -hmm. even Jenna's. Um, I remember seeing and, your post about like growing up in the eighties and just like everybody was Jennifer or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Nicole, yeah which isn't actually, like super popular, but my sister's Tiffany and Kelly. So same kind oh, of thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. For a whole generation, there's yeah. a lot of us. And I just, um, I named it that because we were all coming of age in this middle, middle age, <laughs> uh, you know, experience while you know, so much was changing in the world around us too. So we were at our own crossroads, you know, in addition to kind of this global phenomenon. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so, so originally it started off with um, just telling the story of, of lots of different women, mm -hmm. right. And so breaking some taboos because this was, you know, telling stories from our perspective, things that we wanted to talk about, things that weren't always um, I guess pretty or perfect. And that really intrigued me because I think so much of our media, when we have women in media, we expect them to, to say, always say the right thing, always look the right way. Um, you know, never be messy. And so this was really, that's kind of how it started out. I mean, we did stories on, uh, cannabis use, mm -hmm. something that a lot of people, you know, I know it's becoming, uh, decriminalized across most of the country, but we all grew up during the DARE era and we mm -hmm. were told that that was a gateway drug. Yes. And yep. so I, right. Mm -hmm. Right. So yep. I interviewed a bunch of different women who, uh, used it for medical purposes and just about the stigma that they had. And that type of storytelling has continued. So we really talk about basically radical empowerment. Yeah. What does it mean to be free? What does it mean to be able to be messy? What does it mean to feel like you like own your power? What does it feel? And what does it look like? What does it sound like when you come from a place of empowerment? Mm -hmm. I love that. We definitely need that in the world today. 
Yeah. I mean, I think so. That's why I'm doing it. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, I think just the whole media landscape is just so messed up. And when you look at, you know, the media we all consume, it's largely run by mm-hmm. these, by six corporations who are all, you know, headed by a very specific type of person. <laughs> so <laughs> they have a very specific point of view mm-hmm. about how women present or show up or even what we like. And I, they just, they, they don't know. So I think that it's important for us to have a place where we can share our stories collectively and not just on social media. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. like a place where you can sit with a story. Mm -hmm. And is it print or digital or both? And like, how often does it come out? Yeah, it is digital. Um, so this is really, um, the business has evolved. Mm-hmm. So originally this was more of like a personal project that I worked on for three years and just kind of slowly testing the waters, you know, sharpening my own writing skills and my mm-hmm. own journalism and my own editing. Um, and then it grew, we just relaunched uh, in October and we have a digital magazine. So one that you can flip through that you can click on that has like little shopping links and all of that fantastic yeah. stuff. And then we also have our blog, which is, you know, on the page when you visit jennifermag.com, uh, we have a bunch of stories on there because that's how it started just as this free kind of blog. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Okay. Yay. Um, okay. I'd love to dive into your zone of genius a little bit. Cause I really love the, like the kind of analogy that you had sent over about, you know, um, like being able to see the big picture, but there are so many elements, you know, with all the pieces that we can't like see all of them all the time or handle them as an entrepreneur. So like, it speaks to like, you know, being a, a, an editor, I can't even imagine how many things you you and your team have to, you know, kind of juggle to get that out the door. And, you know, it's beautifully done. So like y'all do it in such a great way. But then also as an entrepreneur, we have like a million hats we're wearing all the time. So what are your kind of like tips on, you know, maybe seeing the big picture or kind of getting started to not feel overwhelmed? Um, You know, like things, things like that. Yeah. I think if we're talking about tips for people who are big picture thinkers, right. Mm -hmm. Um, it is to surround yourself with people who can see the details, you know, who can do that type of work, because um, I don't know if everybody needs to see the bigger picture, you know, it can be very um, frustrating. um, If you are a very detail oriented person. Um, I know this from experience, like my husband is, is wonderfully detail oriented and very neat and very like, I mean, he's an excellent, excellent big picture thinker too, when Mm -hmm. it comes to strategy and just storytelling. But when you look at, sometimes I get overwhelmed. I definitely get overwhelmed by the details and Mm -hmm. it's very frustrating for him when I'm like, no, no, the bigger picture, the bigger picture. So, um, so number one, I'd say maybe you don't need to see the bigger picture, (laughs) (laughs) you know, own your own zone of genius. Yeah. Um, but I think for those of us who are like, where do we even start? I think it's really important to build a team Mm -hmm. because you do see things, but you're not going to see everything. Right. And so it's, and also it's really about respecting those people who do see those details. It's, it's respecting the people who, you know, are on the ground. Mm -hmm. Totally. So I think so much is given, like so much status is given to CEOs and, you know, editors in chief. And I mean, I love it because that's how my brain works, but I also think, um, 
we're nothing without people who are, you know, detail oriented. Yeah, totally. Well, I think we all have, you know, like you kind of said, we all have our own strengths. Some people are loving the details, you know, and it's harder for them to to look big picture. But, you know, we need all those little details to get to that big picture that we're dreaming about, you know, so. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think, too, it's just been it's it's a little overwhelming for me right now talking about, you know, you mentioning how how do you get it all done? Because there's, you know, the creative side, right? This, you know, what we're creating but there's also the business side and that, that, you know, so trying to put on all these different hats. And I think the thing that I have, that has worked for me is to really dedicate my time, like a day to one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's, that's been the, the most helpful for me. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't realize too, like I work differently. Cause I, I feel like I do. I can get into the details, but it takes me a while to wrap my brain around that, you know, which probably just doesn't, it's not very time efficient. So I actually do have a team member now that does take care of a lot of the details, but, um, you know, we can, we can split our time because, you know, as entrepreneurs, I feel like we're pretty resourceful and we're gritty, you know, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's the best to do, you know? Um, and so speaking about that, like I've talked to quite a few entrepreneurs and I was the same way, like a little hesitant to hire on like my first team member because that's, you know, it's kind of a, a, a big milestone, but can be kind of scary. Um, do you have any, you know, like tips or, you know, any value about bringing on team members or like, how did you feel about bringing on your first team member or things like that? Yeah, I think <laughs> scared. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's an investment. Yeah, it's a it's a financial, emotional uh, investment, not only in them but in yourself, right? Because mm-hmm. you're saying to yourself when you hire somebody, "I'm worth that. I'm worth the help. I'm worth the, mm-hmm. you know, my vision is is worth expanding," and that can feel terrifying. Cause that means for me, how I, how I felt it was like, that means I have to step up. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have to show up and I am a real, um, introvert. <laughs> <laughs> me too. And it's not gotten better with age. I right. still, I still really like my alone time. I mean, I like people a lot, but I just, I am drained and I, you know, so yeah. I Why I drink champagne in my closet? I mean, <laughs> multiple reasons for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, because it's it's quiet and you yeah. can think, and I think that's that's you know. But I, I think um, making sure that you. This sounds maybe superficial, but like you vibe with the person. Like, oh no, totally. Yeah, your energy is like they're a good energy match, and. And even if on paper, you know, maybe they don't have like exactly all of the things, so much of, of what we do when we're working with people is relational. Uh-huh. Totally. So making sure that you have those good relationships and, um, yeah, I think so. So when I'm working with somebody, you know, when I'm choosing who to work with, I think, you know, I do a little deep dive, do a little, little internet stalking. <laughs> you know, social media, looky loo. Yep. And uh see what they're all about. And then, you know, I always have conversations and and see if if it's a good match. And I I don't know if I can quantify it. And maybe you have the same experience. I'd be really interested to hear what how it went for you. But it's like there's like this match 
You know, yeah. you're like, oh, we're compatible. Mm-hmm. I like this. Yeah. You can feel it. Like it's literally like a feeling, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, too, like, I think we haven't been taught that, you know, as entrepreneurs or even like in college, business, things like that. Like we weren't really like encouraged to listen to like our intuition or our energy or like our vibe, you know, again, you know, there needs to be like a nice balance between that and all the other things. But I think the more we can kind of lean into that and trust ourselves and feel that I think that just brings so much more to our business that was, you know, never really taught or talked about to me anyway. No, I think you're absolutely right. And I think this is where, you know, we're kind of, you know, the first gen of uh, G. G-E-N, J-E-N, of uh, female entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs. I mean, there there have been some, you know, um, I can think back to, you know, Madam C.J. Walker was like the first American, uh, you know, millionaire. millionaire. Yeah, I don't think she was a billionaire because that was a long time ago. But, you know, I wish I would have learned about her in in history. Um, But, you know, not a lot of women were entrepreneurs because of all of the barriers that existed. And so the way that we come to business, the way that we show up to business is different. Mm -hmm. It's different. It's relational. It's, you know, it's, it's, it is listening to our intuition. It is being able to get in touch with what is our body telling us about, you know, this thing that I'm going to do or this person I'm going to hire. And I think that that really, I mean, as women, we have had to really lean into our intuition. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been our safety mechanism for so long. So um, yeah, I, I, I think, I think that this is, you know, nobody taught us because, you know, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm really excited for where this is yeah. going and mm-hmm. all those younger people behind us who could say like look at what you know I can bring to it. I can bring yeah. all of my intuition or those kind of feminine qualities and still really kick, you know, ass. So yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, I love that. Yeah, I do too. I think that's like the best combo, you know, like just bringing your energy but then yeah, just all of it like badass. Um, yeah. And we already have all of the, the kind of the way things, all of us have been already taught all the traditional ways. Right. Yeah, so we yeah. already have that knowledge, yep. but like now we can integrate like what we bring, you know, mm-hmm. what the new era brings. And yep. yeah, that's really exciting for me. Yeah. Yeah. I heard a quote recently. It was like, um, actually it was a while ago, but success is 95% mindset and 5% strategy. And it was like from a German business lady. I don't know her name, but mm-hmm. I was like, oh God, uh, it's so true. I mean, yeah, strategy is very important, but so is the energy and the mindset beliefs and all that stuff that come with it. Like that's where, that's where you're going to start seeing stuff. Yeah. I, it wasn't even until I started having mindset shifts. Like I did, I did, you know, like I said, I was doing this quietly for three years because I was very timid. I was mm-hmm. insecure. I was like, you know, who, not who cares because I cared and, you know, and the people right. I interviewed cared enough and I really wanted to get these stories out, you know, these yeah. stories that weren't being told. And for me, that was like, I have this burning passion to do that. Um, I think I'm just wired that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think, um, I think that I, I don't even know where I was going with it. <laughs> oh, you so, said you started I so trapped in my passion. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, my passion. And I was like, that was it. <laughs> it stopped. 
I think you said you started seeing results after mindset. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Oh God, yeah. Start getting me on passion, and I just go down the the, <laughs> the rabbit hole. So yeah, but you know, and I had a really bad couple of years. We all did. You know, this was yeah. during the pandemic. This oh, was yeah. during you know every everything, and um, I really I couldn't do the things I the way I was doing them. You know, because mm-hmm. it was like crushing me. And so I I spent like a year or two doing some serious mind sh- uh, mindset work shifts. And it wasn't until I started doing that that I understood when people say come from an abundance mindset, not a scarcity one. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until like I knew it intellectually, right? But it wasn't until I felt it. I was yes. like, oh, my God. That voice in my head is so mean. It is such a scarcity mindset. (laughs) Reach out, you know, and ask for help and like do all of these things. And it was, it was wonderful. It's been wonderful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I think, you know, so many of us are grow up in a scarcity mindset and we don't even realize it. You know, we don't recognize it for that. You know, it's just, that's just how it is, you know? Yeah. We think that voice in our head is ours. Yeah. It's not, it's been put there. Yeah. Totally. Somebody else's. Yeah. Um, oh, I love this. Okay. I love this conversation. But I'm going to ask one of my favorite questions um, that I ask everybody. So what is your favorite or most effective way that you market your business? My favorite uh, and most effective way is through word of mouth, actually. Oh, I <laughs> it's, love that. It's through, yeah, it's through people. Um it's really, I mean, cause you know, we are on social media, we do have a newsletter, um, but this is a slower growth yeah. because it's intentional. This is an intentional, you know, business. We're not doing things the exact same way everybody else is. We're, we're trying something different so that we can go for the long haul. And when you're doing something like that, you need people who are invested, mm-hmm. you know, who believe in you and that takes relationship building. So, you know, anytime that we have word of mouth, there's like this, oh, so this person's doing something really cool. You should talk to her. And then I can develop a relationship with them. Right. And so that, that has actually been the most successful. Yeah. Oh, I I agree. I mean, I think relationship and word of mouth and that slower growth, but I mean, that's just people already come a little bit more open-minded. They're excited, you know, because they hear about it. Um, And then your people get to share like brand advocacy. Like that's one of the most effective ways. Like marketing at its core is about relationships, you know? So yeah. 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 And I think not being afraid to have those relationships, not hiding, not being afraid, like, oh, they're going to see that you know, that I don't have all my stuff together, that yeah. sometimes I do have typos in my email. What does an editor in chief have a typo in our email? But it's because we're real people. And I think when you can let go of those old perfectionist yes. tendencies, mm-hmm. right. And just show that you are a human being and you can relate to that other person as a human being. Um, I think that's really powerful. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I love that. Um, so what are three things that you've learned along the way of building a media company? <laughs> Number one, it's really freaking hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is challenging, mm-hmm. you know, if it were easy, I think we would have had many more, um, female, uh, you know, owned or run, right. you, know, you know, companies mm-hmm. by now. Um, totally. 
So, so yeah, so one, it's hard. Um, but it's also, you know, I'm stubborn (laughs) (laughs) and I believe in this. So I just have to be harder than how hard it is. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I (laughs) don't, yeah, I have to be tougher. Right. So, so that's, that's the first one. The second one is, um, you know, you have to be very thoughtful. I think, um, there are, you know, the thoughtfulness people can feel, they can see, um, and there is a responsibility when you are creating media, you know, there is a responsibility that I feel that our contributors feel, um, there's a responsibility that we have. So that's, that's the other thing. And, um, number three is, really building your relationships. I know we talked about that a lot, but you know, this isn't something like, oh, let me just go on Instagram and share like whatever it is that we've written. Um, it really, sorry, my phone. I have one. <laughs> I have, I'm the only person left. Who has a oh no, I have a landline. No worries. Our, our kids wanted a phone and we got them a landline and they were like, what is this? We had it for the kids' school, and then we just never got it. And then nobody ever calls, so I forget to unplug it. Oh, um, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so I know we've talked a lot about relationships, but that really is the third thing is just how important those are. Because when you're building something like a company, especially a media company, you are not doing it in a vacuum. You are not doing it alone. You need people Um, and so building those relationships has been pivotal, you know, this, Mm -hmm. like, you know, this isn't just like, oh, let me just go on social media and like post what we're writing. It's more like, what are the other things that I'm doing offline? And, um, so, so one of the things that we've done, um, that I have been very intentional about is we have a membership. And so that membership, we have monthly events, Um, so that we can gather, because I think that is something that is, you know, so needed Mm -hmm. real in-person, um, and live events. So that, those are my three things. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause I think too, you know, like you're creating a community obviously, and that your contributors and the the content that y'all are creating, but I love that you're taking a step further and having like a membership where people can connect, like is it online? I'm assuming it's online because your readers yes. have to be everywhere. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it is online. Into that. Yeah. yeah, we we kicked off our relaunch um, with a community meetup and we had people fly in from all across the country. We had like five or six states represented. And it was, you know, for me, talking about that mindset work that was so important, I had to build my own internal capacity to hold that type of energy, right? People yeah. coming from all over the country. <laughs> Dude, that believed in something that I had this idea, this this little baby fledgling idea. And so it was just really powerful for me. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, you're right. Because that's a commitment. You know, people yes. are like, yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, And do you have any tips on, you know, because I said that, you know, it's definitely maybe outside of your comfort zone. Do you have any tips on like how, you know, you continue to kind of push yourself out of your comfort zone to help grow your business? Yeah. Oh, this one is like, um, I, I don't, I don't know if I can give an exact tip, <laughs> you know, but it's, I know, mostly, I'm always like, just, 
do it. Like, yeah. like <laughs> yeah, not to steal from Nike, but like, it's so true. <laughs> I know. I know. And I think some of us are just built kind of, you know, we're wired a little differently that we will take that risk. You know, we're mm-hmm. the first ones out of the gate, you know, yeah. and we're just running like wherever. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, wait, I forgot my pants. <laughs> you like, and it's fine out here. And meanwhile, we're like, we're not even sure if it's fine out here. Right. Um, but uh, I, I think one of the things that's helped me the most is to get very quiet mm-hmm. and also like learn the difference between that mean girl voice I have in my head yeah. and the one that wants me to succeed like my soul, you know, Mm -hmm. the one who's like, no, you can do this. You've proven to yourself before that even if you make a mistake, you will correct it. You have always come through and you will continue to come through. Um, So the, the other tip I have is to make sure you get lots of rest, because if you do have a mean girl voice in your head, like me, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it, it comes out when I'm, I'm most tired. So just making sure that I, talking about capacity building, right? I'm well-rested. I'm well-fed. I'm, you know, I'm not right now. How do you say I'm not overworked when absolutely you are overworked right. when you're to build a company, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's hard, but I mm-hmm. think, I think just really making sure that I learn the difference between those two voices in my head. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And it's so true too. Like, it's almost like you have to kind of calm down and get quiet to move forward like like quantum you know what I mean almost like I do yeah. I do did you see this was making the rounds on social media so I feel like everybody I know probably had it in their feed because one person that we all follow liked it but <laughs> there's, this, there's this slow moving like it's a it's a picture of a dahlia mm-hmm. and the dahlia is blooming but before it blooms and it like expands, right? Mm-hmm. It has this moment of contraction. And so it's doing this kind of like flowing dance as it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And it, it retracts a little, and then it expands even bigger. Oh. And I thought, oh my God, yeah, that's what it's like, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so when I'm in those contraction phases, I'm, I have to remind myself that this is not the end. I am not done. I, you know, this isn't a stupid adventure, you know, um, this isn't a mistake. This is just a moment Mm -hmm. that I need to, to really slow down so that the next, like you said, quantum leap can happen. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I did not see the Dahlia. Like, I want to see that now because it makes so much sense. I'm like picturing it in my mind. Like, oh, I love that. Yeah. I have to see if I can find it. I'll send it to you. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Um, okay. Yay. So we are to our last few questions. Um, five favorites. So what is your favorite book? Oh boy. Um, this is, uh, gosh, I have, I have a, I actually have a bunch of books, obviously. (laughs) It can be a few. (laughs) Yeah. This is that thing. Did you ever hear the, the thing where it's like, you don't like when people ask you your five favorite books, they're not saying set in stone for all of time. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What's trending right now in your life? (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's this one book, um, it's called wired for story. And I think this is a book that is important for anyone who works in business, anyone who works in marketing, anyone who, you know, is a storyteller. I think it's really important for them to to read. I think uh, the writer's name is Lisa 
crone. Um, but it basically shows and, and goes through how our brains are hardwired for storytelling. So I think that's, that's, that's number one. I always recommend that to everybody. Um, another one that, um, is, is different, but, um, uh, you know, I think, um, the heroine's journey is, is interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, because if you're working with women, um, if you're storytelling for women, it's an interesting kind of look. I don't think it's a hundred percent, but, uh, I do, I do like that one. Um, daring greatly is always, you know, Brene Brown, who doesn't love Brene Brown, right? Um, women who run with the wolves. That's another one. That's like a classic that, uh, I had a, me and my, my girlfriends read through and we share notes and, uh, that was really transformative. Um, and braiding sweetgrass, you know, this idea that we can do things differently, that we can live in harmony with the natural cycles, I think is just a fantastic book. Yeah. Wait, which one that one? Braiding? Braiding Sweetgrass. Braiding Sweetgrass. Okay. Because yeah, I love that kind of stuff too. Yeah. Again, too, like it's more as I get into like mindset and natural, you know, flows and systems and things it's like, oh, it, this all makes sense. <laughs> like everything's connected. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it is all connected. Right. And that's, that's a very different way of thinking than, than many of us have been taught. Exactly. Yeah. Especially in business. Right. Yes, totally. Yep. I agree. I love those. Okay. I took all those. Uh, the heroine's journey, daring greatly and women who run with wolves have been uh, suggested a few times on this podcast, but I've not read those ones yet. And the other two are brand new. So I just wrote those down too. So yeah, oh, yeah, I'm excited. Cool. Um, okay, next, what is your favorite drink? And it could be anything. oh, okay, yeah. So um, I love an old fashioned, but recently, you know, I I can't really handle alcohol as much anymore. So I've been doing this like whiskey alternative. So mm. I I have like I love an old fashioned even with a whiskey alternative. Oh, awesome. Okay, I love that. Yeah, old fashions are good. Um, Man. Are, are also up there. So, oh, those are my favorite. My parents, that was our favorite drink. Um, mm. It was a little tough for me. Like, I can't really handle liquor, but I can yeah. wine and beer all day long. But I mean, not like literally all day long, but like, I guess that's you. what I like. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your favorite thing to do to relax? Mm, take a bath. Mm. Yeah, I love a bath. I am, I am that way. Like, um, that or a shower, anything with water, really. Yeah. Yeah. There's something very soothing, very calming, very mm -hmm. restorative about it. It's true. Um, what's your favorite thing to watch? This is so dorky, but I'm a huge <laughs> documentary fan. But oh, oh, wait. So, okay. But I do have two shows right now that I absolutely adore. It's What We Do in the Shadows and um, Our Flag Means Death. And so both of those are quirky and funny and silly and take me out of sometimes documentary land when I when I get too deep in it. Like, yeah. Oh, rescue me with something like surreal or <laughs> yeah. fake or fun. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> so I know I'm the same way. Like I have Audible now and like I just sometimes I'm like, I should probably just read like lighthearted books every once in a while because they're all like self-development and business and stuff. But I actually enjoy that. But it's still nice to, you know, pull ourselves out and take a break from it. Oh yeah. I mean, you have to, right? Yeah. Cause totally. I, I get, I get deep in the well, man. Yeah. I'm deep in the well and I'm like, somebody come rescue me. Right. <laughs> Nobody sees my flashlight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm down here signaling. <laughs> right. Um, and lastly, where is your favorite place to travel to? Mm, I, there are so many places. 
places I love. Um, we, um, we honeymooned in Anguilla, um, which is, you know, it's near St. Martin. It's yeah. across the water. You can take a ferry. And that was just one of the most beautiful places ever. Uh, but I also have, I, I have one that n- most Americans would like, be like, what is she talking about? But I love Belgium. I love Belgium. I think it is such an easy place to get around. I think, um, you know, it's beautiful architecture. Um, There's beer for you. (laughs) Fries for me. We could go together. Oh, I love fries too. (laughs) Oh, good. Good. Um, But yeah. And I think, you know, I, I also got a different view of it because um, that was the first time I ever traveled, you know, really out of the country. Like I went to Europe. Mm -hmm. Um, That was my first trip. And so, I think it just holds a special place in my heart. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I, I've heard amazing things about Belgium. Yeah. It's not it's not a tourist destination. In fact, when I was there uh, walking along, I, I had my kids with me. My husband had filmed a documentary, so he was busy. Um, and I tagged along not realizing how intensive it was, <laughs> how intense it would be to film a documentary. Um, but my kids were very little. And so you know, I was just trying to find things with them for them to do. So we just walk around. And I remember this British couple walking along the street with me saying, are you American? I was like, yeah. They're like, what are you doing here? (laughs) Why are you here? (laughs) Are you lost? (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's how I felt. That's funny. (laughs) Oh, well, awesome. Um, So can you share, you know, your social media website, um, anything like that? People can learn more about the magazine, the membership, um, connect with you further. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So you can find us on Instagram at Jennifer underscore magazine. Um, you can sign up for our newsletter. That's free. Um, and then, you know, we do still have free stories and everything. So uh, that's, you know, visit jennifermag.com and sign up for the newsletter. Um, and then, yeah, you can, you can find us on our website um, at jennifermag.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this has just been so much fun. It's been such a fun conversation. Oh, thanks. Thank you so much for having me. I sincerely appreciate it. And, you know, as a fellow entrepreneur, and especially, you know, a woman one, we don't do this alone. We do this together. Exactly. I totally agree. Yeah, I know. I love it when we can collaborate and celebrate and connect all of those, all of those things. Cause yeah, it's, it's a hard journey. Um, so it's always nice to connect with others that are going through it as well. Definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to this week's Bubbles and Biz. I hope you enjoyed it and were able to walk away with something new to implement or inspired in some way. If you're frustrated with your marketing efforts and you're ready to master your marketing and grow your business, I'd love to help you. Head to nb.marketing services to learn more.